0: a lot of like what you're doing, what you're up to, how you're connecting with them. It all answers those questions. And that's what I think like purpose does for us in our lives. It answers questions to things that we find very complex. We don't know how to answer them. Like, what do I do right now? Well, what's your purpose? What do you, what impact are you trying to create? What, what change are you trying to, you know, make in the world? This is Way of the Artist with Brandon Colby-Cook and Evan Schulte. Exploring the challenges of the creative call so that you can claim your own path and make your
1: life a work of art.
0: All right, it's another day of podcasting, Evan. We hit the record button and here we go. Okay. This one is a artist wisdom series, something Evan and I like to do every now and then. Cause well, there's a number of reasons. One, I'll be honest with you. Sometimes we don't got anything personally that we feel we can really start with that is really getting us going. So we look to a wise person out there who maybe said something interesting that we relate to or connect with. And then we try to run with it, explore it, see what happens. And, uh, get a good one. We always pick a good one. (laughs) This is another good one. Uh, This one is, here, I'll read the quote. The quote is this, man can only find meaning for his existence in something outside himself. And that's by Victor E. Frankel. He wrote a great book, Man's Search for Meaning. Evan and I have both read it. I highly recommend it. I think it's a great book. I think if you're looking for purpose in your life, or if you find yourself suffering, it's a great book to read. Everybody has that search for purpose and everybody suffers. So this book is relevant for every person, but uh, the idea of the book, so you kind of understand what's going on, was he was in a, a camp during, you know, it was a Jewish person in the camp and everybody was dying around him. And it looked like his life was over. And what do you live for? And he found that people who didn't find a sense of meaning or purpose, they usually were the ones that would die. And for him to find purpose and meaning in a, in a horrible situation like that was very challenging. And the book gets into a lot of his struggle and his challenges with that and his experiences. But it's very relevant for today. It it one thing I think it really kind of resonates is we all suffer, but most of us hopefully never suffer like that. And if you ever suffer like that, how could you ever find meaning? So I think if he can find meaning in a situation like that, then we can all look and go, well, you know what? My life isn't that bad. So maybe, maybe it's not going to be, if he can do it, then I can do it. Right. So anyway, I think it's a, it's an interesting quote to start the day with Evan. So I'm going to pass it on to you. What are your thoughts? Oh yeah. I mean, it feels good to be
1: bringing in, bringing in Viktor Frankl. I think that's one of the other things I love about these, you know, not just because yeah, sometimes we are stuck. Sometimes we're, we're just at a stuck place and, and we need something with some juice to it. And that's, that can be a component but there's also a component to which i like doing these ones because it it's like we're bringing another person into the room in in a way you know it's like we're in it's like we're invoking the 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 person that we're that who's whose words that who who said these words or wrote these words and and inviting them into the space with us to to just sort of yeah really really dive into it, dissect it and, and draw things out. And with Viktor Frankl, I mean, we looked at, I don't know how many different Viktor Frankl quotes it was, it just seemed like, yeah, yeah, let's do, let's, let's do Frankl and it's like looking at his quotes and how many amazing quotes there are for, from him out there. And so many of them come from man's search for meaning it's like, and I remember, I have to reread it now. (laughs) I have to go back and reread it because it is one of those books where it feels like almost every single page, he's just, is like a, is a mic drop kind of a, there's a mic drop moment in it. He says something so insanely profound that you know, if we really absorbed truly like what he was saying, like your whole life would change if you really fully grasp some of the things that he was saying, just one of them, you know, and, and yeah, he definitely, he talks a lot about suffering for sure, because of how much he went through and how much he saw other people going through. And, and I think that I'm glad that you brought in some of, who he is for people who who don't know and and where he comes from because i think it is so important i think in in before we even talk about some of the things he said of understanding that that thing of where he comes from and he was a he was a a psychotherapist as well um before before he, he went into, into the camp and, and he continued afterwards and his entire practice changed as a result of what he, he went through and, you know, where there's even a quote that we came across where he said, you know, Freud said, it's all, you know, we're all about pleasure, you know, and, and I can't remember who else it was said that it was, it was all about power, but really a human being's life is about meaning and, and our quest for meaning and how suffering is very often one of the greatest catalysts for discovering what that thing is because you can endure so much suffering when there's when you have a sense of meaning and purpose and so these are just a few i i feel like i kind of wanted to just run through some of these other ones because i think that they're also will lend themselves into this conversation. But coming back to the quote that we're getting into for this one specifically, which is that our meaning can't be about ourselves, right? Our, our, our meaning has to, has to be about something outside of us. And You know, I think that what makes it an interesting quote is that there's an, I think that there's a way of interpreting that, which I don't agree with, but there's a way of interpreting it that I completely agree with. And that might be something worth tackling on the outset here. Well, so it's like, because I, your meaning is still very much no, like knowing what that meaning is is still there's an internal process to that thing no one can tell you what the meaning of your life is right not not directly right that's so there's still a sense of you have to discover that within you right of of what that thing is but the meaning of every human being's life being something that's beyond them that's beyond this just this small self for lack of a better term you've got to be about something that 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 extends out that connects out into the world right that's in relationship to the world it can't just be it's all about me Mm -hmm. which is what i i think that he's he is actually saying in this thing but um I've I've rambled a, a number of things, so Brandon, why don't you take
0: it away? Well, purpose is a big it's a big thing to look at. I mean, I think in some ways, some of the biggest things they're actually really simple, but it's difficult to get to them, to get to the core of them, and not to get distracted or you know off course when you're looking at them. Things like purpose are like that, you know. I think with purpose, our relationship to purpose, I think, evolves a little bit with our maturity. I don't know if this is true or not. I mean, I I just kind of look at my own journey with purpose and how much I was consciously aware of it and unconsciously aware of it and how much I thought I knew what I was going for and what I was actually going for. They were, you know... I don't know if I was always clear on that. So I think if you would ask me at certain times in my life, I might have told you that my purpose was something that wasn't actually what it was, but I might have believed that it was that. And I think this is one of the challenges with purpose is that, you know, in some ways, maybe at first it can be, maybe not at first, maybe at certain times it can be out of some type of personal gain or some type of personal thing we're going for. You know, I remember when I was younger, I mean, I just, you know, I think I wanted to prove to everybody that I could be more than I was given credit for and that I could be somebody and that, you know, and I, I think that I wanted to get things, like I wanted to get approval and I wanted to get, you know, admiration and recognition and I wanted to get those things. But if you only look at it that far, you've you've only gone skin deep because really if you look deeper The real reason driving all of that was always there. It was like, well, you know, I want to feel loved, right? So it's just like this deeper thing that I never would have said, but that was really kind of because it's like I felt unloved. And so I felt like I wasn't good enough to have love. And that probably has a lot to do with you can go into history of why is that? Why do you exist? Why do you have that issue or that challenge? And you can start to figure out why that might be there. But even that, and you go, okay, well, now I'm after love. It's like, okay. Well then, you know, if you get to the point where you feel loved, then you're not going to have any more purpose anymore because purpose can't end at love. By the way, you you already like the, the getting access to love is not as complicated as we think it is. But when you've when you feel unloved, when you have never gotten attention, or you know maybe you didn't get the proper care or whatever as a kid, whatever it might be you might think that it's this very elusive thing because it wasn't given freely in your household or whatever, or your childhood, where some people, they don't struggle with that so much, not the same way, because, you know, they might have grown up in a place where, you know, love was poured upon them and attention and affection and care and all of that. So they're like, what's the deal? Like, what what do you even care? Because they take it for granted because they don't know what it's like to not have that. And they weren't neglected and they weren't, uh, you know, maybe abused or whatever. So when you get past your initial trauma of search for meaning, then you, and especially if you like heal that, or you realize that that's not really what it's about, then it becomes about something else. Something that I've been investigating, and I haven't really got to an answer here yet, So, but I'll share it because I think it's relevant. It's part of the reason why I'm called to this conversation is that something that I found when I was about 15 or 16 I think it started when I was 15 and then it really kind of blossomed around 16. And then it kind of like my life took a turn. So not to get into too much story, but right around 14, like my parents, we had a mansion. We had all the money in the world. It seemed I had this perfect family that my parents were married for like 26 years. And, you know, everything seemed really good, seemed successful, all this. And then... Like almost overnight, it seemed like, you know, everything just went to shit. They got divorced. They split up. They both had to declare bankruptcy. I went from living in a mansion to living in a trailer park. My whole life changed. And losing the money and the things and all the nice stuff, that actually, I remember that didn't really bother me, not even really in the slightest. I actually almost didn't even care about that. But what was so hard for me was that my parents splitting up and just trying to make sense of that because like my whole world didn't make sense anymore because you know i i thought you know i thought i came from this family that was really good and everything you know it was working and then suddenly to kind of realize no it's not working in fact it's it's working so poorly that like your whole world just gets shook upside down and then i was kind of like left alone and you know i always find things in my life at least have come in like multiple things happen at once it's not just the parents split but right around that time my best friend you know we were kind of maturing into high school and we were kind of parting ways and that was very difficult and there was like just a lot of aloneness my brothers one of my brothers was going off to you know the island to go to university my other brother was going across the country to work so I was just left alone and my best friend wasn't really in my life. And then my parents were split and they didn't have time for me. And my brothers were gone and I was just alone and nothing made sense. And it was just like, well, what do you do? And, uh, I started, what I would do is I would be a home alone and no one was giving me attention. And so I would go to the movie theater and I would watch movies and I'd do that alone. And, and when I watched a movie, I felt this kind of sense of peace and I felt this sense of, you know, I was watching, sometimes I'd be watching a character go through something that I felt I could relate to. And then I didn't feel so alone. And I was trying to make sense of the world. You know, I started going to church. I was looking for things. I was just searching like religions and spirituality. I was looking, I was searching, right? And then uh, about a year of that. And then uh, 16, I made a film and it wasn't like, I'm, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I just made a film. I got a bunch of my friends together at this camp that I was at and I just wanted to make a film. So I borrowed my friend's mom's camera and convinced everybody there at camp to make a film with me. And we did it over a week and we showed it at like the talent festival and it won the thing. And it was such a great experience. And like when we actually went to the talent festival, there was like 300 people in the audience. It was crazy. And like, and everybody like really liked the film and I'd like never done anything but it was really genuine and authentic film and i came home and i remember just being like i'm going to be a film director that's what i'm going to do and i found this purpose but here's the thing what i'm finding is that my sense of purpose comes from i want to give people that experience that i had when you're totally lost and you don't know how you can have what you want and maybe you don't even know what you want but one thing i'm 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 good at because of that experience is just going, I'm going to go do this and I'm going to find a way to make it happen. And I love teaching and sharing that stuff with people. So there's something about inspiring people to create and, and find meaning in what they create that has something to do with purpose for me. So even though I might have used filmmaking and even acting and screenwriting and some of these other things to try to get recognition, affection, attention, love and whatever and those were my personal needs i was after. Ultimately i think what i'm trying to do is share that experience with people and help them have it too. And maybe there's another layer even deeper than that. I don't really know, but what i found about purpose is it's not always what's evident on the front. It's, it's sometimes you have to dig and dig and dig and you know and as you mature you start to realize, Oh, I thought I had it. And you're like, no, it's deeper than what you thought you, you thought you had it, but it's actually deeper than that.
1: Yeah. It's really a matter of becoming more and more intimate with what that thing is because that initial thing could, could still very much be what it is, but it's just, again, it's that that layers of of intimacy that you begin to develop with that, where it's, it becomes, it becomes a much richer type of being, you know, almost like a partner that you have in in your life who, you know, you start living with them and you start to learn all these things about them and and they start to teach things to you about yourself as well. I, I think it's, yeah, it's often like that. It's not necessarily like, oh, my thing was wrong. I mean, I think that that can happen, but I think very often it's like, oh no, it's just, you're working through these different stages of, of that relationship with the meaning of your life, which is, I mean, hell that's, that's one of the biggest things that you could say in, and an artist is interested in, you know, is exploring like, you know, meaning like, what is the, what is the meaning of, of, of our lives and, and ourselves and, and all of this there's lots that you said that I was like, oh man, like your, my mind was going off in different kinds of tangents and, and directions. One thing I, that you said that I thought was really interesting is you brought up that in your story, you brought up something about love and it just got me to thinking that meaning I think is actually one of, is perhaps one of like the deepest forms of love that we can experience because of what it can endure and because of what Viktor Frankl was saying that it can endure that essentially any any level of suffering can be can be lived through can be worked through can be survived in some extent if you have that connection if you have that relationship because that thing can always be that thing can always be active no matter what your circumstances are, which is another one of his big things and another quote that we didn't use, but, you know, him talking about how your circumstances don't really, don't really shape the person that you are, right? That it's, that it's, it's your, it's how you are within those circumstances that are a bigger factor in that, that whole equation. But I'm getting a little off of where I was going. There's something about this idea of, of, of love and meaning or meaning as a very deep form of love that, that we in some ways are charged to discover and learn about ourselves because of its power, I think. And there's, there was something else too, that you were, that you were saying that, that, struck me in in some kind of way here but oh you know i was thinking about our last podcast so we're talking our last podcast we were talking about you know storytelling versus content you know like in the soul of storytelling and this this loss that there seems to be within so much of you know a medium that we've you know, spent a lot of time in and you talking about going to the theater on your own and seeing these stories that, that gave you something that, that enriched something that maybe that led to an activation of some of, of meaning in you, which is like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's, what art does in, in its highest forms, you know, it, it it speaks to us at those places. And I think that that's, you know, piggybacking a bit off of the last podcast again, I think that's, that's part of the problem with, you know, the, the content, you know, this this barrage of content that we live with not story but content just giving you content all the time and it's like well yeah i mean there's it's like you know like content is like story without the meaning <laughs> in a in a kind of way and it's like yeah it's it's it, there's so so much that's devoid of meaning it's all about hitting pleasure centers right and That's another thing that Frankl talks about as well, which is, which is that when we don't have a sense of meaning and purpose, we seek pleasure. I mean, he wrote this shit how long ago, back in the forties, I think. I mean, it, that's it. What he was saying is truer today than it was when he wrote it in so many ways, or at least it hits a little bit harder today than I think it may have, may have ever hit because I see so much of that where it's, it's this lack of meaning. So we seek pleasure and instead of these mediums that we used to go to these stories that we would go to that would help us gain some perspective on our life and ourselves and what this whole thing might be about or even get us just even thinking about it a little bit instead it's just like it's just fast food through the brain you know just to just uh, just a quick hit to just to numb all of that stuff but not give any real sustenance you know and and so i'm just thinking about this to me this apparent lack of meaning that exists within the mediums that are supposed to actually help us with that thing. I, I won't, I don't want to say that as like a blanket statement across the board because there are people still doing great things in in the arts and, and trying to aiming to do those things, but it, it definitely seems to be hard to come by these days.
0: Yeah. Well, I think the pursuit of pleasure is always a slippery slope. In 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 so many ways, and it's seductive. I mean, feels good. It feels good. Feels good. I mean, that's until it doesn't. I think that's the problem. Also, the other thing is, is if you base your decisions based on how things feel, you know, you a purpose is always going to escape you because anyone who lives their life just on how they feel they're just trying to avoid feeling bad and, and only feel good and they don't have anything else. Like those are their highest forms of direction and guidance. You're in real trouble and depression and sadness and all these horrible things are right around the corner for you always. And if you can't get out of depression, the, the, I'll tell you this. Cause I, I went through it and, uh, you know, you have to get away from trying to feel good. Life, uh, sometimes life just isn't going to feel good. And you have to accept that that's just part of life. And that, you know, that it's not always supposed to feel good. That some of it isn't supposed to feel good. And and you start looking at the suffering and the struggle and the hurt as a good thing. and And that's very hard to get your head around when you're all caught up in, I just want to feel good and I want to satiate. And I want to get some type of, you know, I want to get that hit of dopamine or whatever, right? So, you know, you often can identify if you stop and look at your life and you look at what you're doing, you can often see what's destroying it. Find that a lot of it feels good. Most of what's destroying your life feels really good. And it doesn't mean that what you're doing that feels good is bad, but it's how you're using it that is bad. Like video games to me feel really good. Sometimes I'm into them. Sometimes I'm not into them at all. I don't even care to play, but sometimes I'm really into them and all I want to do. Video games are not bad, but it is how I use video games that that really makes a huge difference because if I'm just indulging in them and I'm distracting myself from my life or I'm avoiding a feeling of discomfort or pain, it always leads down the same path. It always leads to disgust and purposelessness and a feeling like and and there's also like there's things that come with pursuing pleasure too much like the consequences of atrophy whether it be your muscles or your mind or even your emotional connection to yourself it just atrophies it just gets weak and and frail and then you lose connection to it so like something that i've been working on is like I went through a big life change sometime around 30, 31, right around there, big, massive. And I went through a depression. I went through kind of a difficult time and it was really difficult and challenging to get through. And I share a bit about that on the podcast and, you know, and every once in a while, I still go through these little bouts of it. Like I, like go, Oh man, I hope I'm not going back there. That's fucking frightening. I like, I thought I was done with this, but it'll poke its head up and it'll be like, kind of like, Hey, I'm here. You're like, Oh fuck. I thought we were done. You know, I thought this was over. Um, but what I find is that it's, it pokes its head up when I try to go back to doing life, how I did it before the depression happened. The depression that I went through. Was me recognizing that the way I was going through life was not working and I was tired of it and it was over and it was all big fucking, like not all of it, but most of it was a big bunch of bullshit. It was all a performance and it was all an idea and it wasn't all mine. And what I'm finding now is that there are patterns that get wired into us, I would say with me, so I'll just speak for myself because maybe someone can relate, but like... I do things sometimes today based on how I learned to do them as a kid, but they weren't mine and they weren't necessarily good or healthy, but that, that's what I learned. And so that's what I sometimes think to do. And so then I go to do that. I go, oh, I know, you know what? i really like motorcycles. Let me get a nicer motorcycle. Let me get this better thing. Let me, let me do this. Let me make more money. That'll do it. Right. And it's like, no, no, none of that shit will do it. That's all fucking, that's, that's all like just a byproduct of something else. But if you start to chase the surface of things after you've kind of like, especially after you've awoken, it becomes the magic trick runs out quicker, you know, like at first when you've never had anything like, like you've never earned anything really cool and you've never really won anything really cool. The, the idea of winning it or getting it or achieving it seems so fucking amazing. Like it just like, like, you hear people go like, Hey, you know, getting everything you want won't make you happy. And you're like, yeah, fuck that. I'm going to go get it. Like, I don't care about that. Like maybe it just didn't work for you, but it's going to work for me. Right. Like it's almost that arrogant kind of attitude, right? Not everybody has it, but some of us do. Um, and there's a, there's a certain amount of like, okay, I'm going to go do it. Then you go do it. If you actually do it, feels really great at first then it wears out and you go shit okay maybe it wasn't that maybe I didn't have the whole picture maybe I need to get this too and there's that thing and what I found for me when I started achieving a bunch of shit I had my show I had my money I had the girlfriend I had all the stuff I was traveling the world I was doing all this shit I was spinning all these plates and when all the plates were spinning and everything was working it all seemed so fucking great but then one plate starts to wobble and you're like, Oh shit. And you're trying to fix that one. And then another one starts wobbling. And then you, all of a sudden it's too many plates are wobbling and you can't recover. And then they all start crumbling down and, and, and you start to realize, okay, well, what the hell I I had put it together. Let me try and put that together. And you start to realize that, that, that was all just a distraction. It was all this like, I was living up to this image, this idea of who I thought I was supposed to be. you supposed to be wealthy, successful, have the girlfriend. You're supposed to be somebody. You're supposed to do all this stuff. And I did all this stuff. But you know what? I'll tell you something, Evan. Bef- it, it was probably when like one plate started wobbling. That was kind of before everything crashed. I started to wake up because one day I came home. I remember it was a good day. I had a good day. I shared this story before. I had a good day, came home sat on the edge of my bed. And all of a sudden I had this like, just put my head in my my hands and I started crying and I was like, what the hell is going on? You have everything. You should be so happy. And I wasn't. And it dawned on me in that moment that I wasn't happy. And all the stuff that I was doing wasn't doing the trick. And And that was one of the early stages of waking up to going, this isn't what it's about. But, I had to go all that distance and then things just start crumbling down and you try to put them back up. You try to respin the plate again. You, you know, you, you lose the girlfriend, you get a new girlfriend. It's even hotter, you know, or, you know, whatever, even more popular, or famous or whatever your thing is. You, you lose the money, you go get more money. You go do something bigger, you know? And the thing is, is that it's not satisfying the first time it was kind of satisfying, or at least it had the illusion of satisfaction, but then it starts to not be. And then that's where the depression comes in. Cause now you can't go, I can't fix this. I'm, I'm headed down a, a mudslide and I cannot stop myself from, from heading to wherever the hell this is heading. And you keep trying to put the plates back up and you might even put more plates up and it doesn't do the fucking trick. And that's, you know, and you can look at that and you go, that's horrible. What a horrible thing. Or you could look at it and go, what a gift. That was me getting to a point of awakening where I realized that spending my entire life, wasting my entire life, trying to spin plates to be somebody, to have some kind of life, to have some type of image of a life was actually not what meaning and purpose was about. That's not what that 16 year old kid was really after. And then it all crumbles. And eventually when you let it all just fall down and then you try to pick up those pieces and rebuild it and figure out how to put it together. That's where like deeper sense of meaning starts to come from. And you know, I don't, I haven't figured it all out, <laughs> but I have definitely figured out that some of what I was doing was a whole big bunch of bullshit. And I mean, I'm sure there's younger people in the audience who are still on that pursuit and they go, yeah, whatever. I'm going to do it anyway. I get it. Cause that's how I was. So good luck. That's all I can say. But, you know, if you can start to see the warning signs ahead of time, then maybe you can start to, maybe you can, maybe you don't have to go so far down the road and like, just, you know, but I don't know. I mean, this is just something that I'm living. Yeah. I mean, I think that, I think that
1: in so many ways you, you head down that road and, and coming back to that whole idea of, of hitting a little bit of suffering is, is when you really start to figure out what, what's really important to you. Right. And so I think, I I think in the early stages, like you're talking about, you can get by for a little while on whatever fumes you're going on because there's that as you said it's like it's new there's novelty to things and and that's exciting and especially when things are seem to be working out right like it's it's yeah it's it's really exciting thing to do but as time goes on you keep doing that thing it loses that freshness to it right it loses that that new thing that's very often where where we find ourselves in a position of questioning what we're doing, why we're doing it, because it's like, oh, you know, this, this had such a a thing before, but now, now it doesn't. It's like, well, yeah, because you were just on the surface of something, you know? And that was, that was fun. It was like when you, when you're first in a relationship with somebody, you know, like there's this, there's this heat and this newness and this giddiness and this you know kind of embarrassment about the whole thing too of as you're getting to know somebody and 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 do new things with this person, but it gives way to something else, right? There, it it gives way to other aspects of of a relationship, which again are deeper are are more intimate, right? But that usually comes with with some trials right and that's such a part of of our class like our classics like the classic stories of of humanity or just like there are the trials right that a person goes through and through that process you end up discovering what your meaning is and it's not that the things at the beginning had nothing to do with it they had everything to do with it right? And very often they were, they were the catalyst. The, the most, as far as I understand, the most popular story structure that exists is uh, a, a story called Man in Hole. And basically it's starts out, Hey, here's our main character and this is their life it looks pretty great they're doing pretty well things are going pretty good boom something fucking happens man and hole your whole life just gets gets upturned disrupted shattered in some way and now we climb our way back out because we're not interested in watching a story about somebody whose life is just that hey things are easy breezy let's just go on day-to-day routine you know it's it's all good we don't want to watch that we're not interested in that in that story right it's a part of the story it's an important part of the story because it gives us it gives us some context to things it gives us a, a richer backdrop for for the these trials to occur right but Coming back to, I think just coming back to this quote, can we pull that quote up again? I know it's not a very long one, but it's, uh, man can only find meaning for his existence in something outside himself. Okay. And I hope everyone can forgive Victor Frankl's language <laughs> in this one. A, a person, a human being. Um, because I, I think that as much as this conversation and the things we've been getting to, has, it's all been fantastic, but I feel this sort of call to get back to this quote and what he's saying. and And I think that really one of the big aspects of that quote is again that thing of outside himself outside yourself because you you said like hey i'd like to find to see if he has some kind of quote that actually is somewhat directive right because he says a lot of things of like well it's every person's quest to find their meaning to to go out and look for it and says but you said specifically can we is does he have something where he he gives us a little bit of direction and this was the one that that we found which is it's it's outside of of yourself and another quote that i found of his through this process is he said the meaning of my life is to help others find theirs So I just thought it's like, okay, so here he is describing in the language, you know, meaning, right? The meaning of his life and, and how that is in relationship to the world, right? Because it is, that's where that so much of, of what your meaning is, it all comes down to your relationship to the world and how you want to be in a relationship to and with the world. It doesn't, it doesn't exist as a standalone unit, right? It's not, it's not your meaning unto yourself. It's your meaning unto the world in, in a certain respect. So, using that almost i'm thinking this almost as a template and something that i was like you know that would be a good thing to just spend some time with just being like the meaning of my life is to help what right and and see what comes up out of that what comes up out of like okay this isn't this isn't about you. This is about what are what are you helping? Mm-hmm. How are you helping? Something that's, again, it's bigger than you. And, you know, I'm even thinking about this in in respect to what I've learned about great acting, which is, well, yeah, put your attention on the other person. Put your attention on the other people that you're in the scene with and take the attention off of yourself. Because the other people are going to tell you how to do what, how you're going to perform the scene in response to, in response to them, you're going to know what to do. And that not only are they going to tell you what to do, but they're actually going to take you further than you could take yourself. Mm -hmm. Right. Which is another big thing that I've, I learned about acting, which is that instead of trying to put all that trust and faith in just, not that you not to have trust and faith in yourself, but that, but that it's not, it, it's not a closed circuit, <laughs> right? That trusted faith you're in yourself is, is an open circuit that ties in with, with others around you. And that when you open that and extend that circuit to connect with another person or cause or whatever that, that thing is that only you can answer has meaning to you, that can take you places that you couldn't even imagine taking yourself. So love the parallels that are coming up out of this one right now.
0: Yeah, there's a lot of good stuff here. Well, to go to acting is a great example of, you know, so many things here because acting it, you know, if you're going to do acting, it's, it's really so much about what is outward. And if you get too focused on yourself, it, you know, it's just, it's not going to work. You'll never be able to perform a great performance if it's all about you. And you you got to, you got to find ways to put your attention and energy outward. I'm actually, so I've been, I've been working with uh, someone who's an actor right now. and We are talking about objective and like, then I was like, their performances were pretty good, but there's like nothing kind of captivating and moving about it. And like, it was just kind of like, yeah, like emotionally available, like it's natural, you know, it's like a lot of things that kind of seem to work, but it's like, like I was looking at it, I'm like, well, what's your objective? Well, you didn't have an objective. And like, or they're like, oh, cause I want to feel this. And I'm like, it's not an objective. Like you want to feel this like, I want to tell them how I feel. I want to do this or whatever. It's like, that's not an objective. That's some fucking self bullshit. Like, you're talking about what you're trying to get. And like, you're in a scene with another person. Like, it's not a, like, like. and so we we did this exercise. And I said, listen, this is how you, because it's a screenwriting thing, you know? But I've looked at objective a lot as an actor, but I was like, well, let's let's try and... Because they couldn't get it. They couldn't get what an objective was. So I was like, let me explain this in the way that a screenwriter has to write a character. In a scene or a movie, I need to create an arc. There has to be change. Otherwise, if there's no change, it's just a bunch of bullshit. And that's a lot of the... Unfortunately, that's a lot of the content we're seeing right now. We're seeing this bullshit content where there is no change because the characters... They have they don't go anywhere, they don't change, they don't evolve, they don't do anything, and it's garbage and it doesn't impact us. Sometimes it looks good. Sometimes the action sequences and the flashy things that are happening, the pretty people, it all looks really nice, but like it's garbage. You know what I mean? And so I was like, okay, here's here's the rule. How do they, how are they feeling? How are the how is the other character or characters feeling, thinking, and behaving at the start of this scene? And how do you want them to be feeling, thinking, and behaving by the end of this scene? And you're going to start to find objective in that because now it becomes about, and he, and, and so this actor would come back and say, like, so what are they feeling? And then they they would tell me some things. I was like, that's how you're feeling. What are they feeling? Okay, oh, well, they're feeling this. Okay, what are they thinking? And you'd say some feeling stuff. I mean, that's what they're feeling. What are they thinking? What are they thinking? What can you identify that they're thinking? Oh, well, you know, this. And it's like, how are they behaving? And, you know, he's, he's having trouble because it's all about him. And this eventually, when you start looking out, where it's like, oh, well, they got their, their heads hanging down. They're they're shaking. They're doing this. Okay, good. Now you're starting to look at them and you're starting to see what they're doing. Now you have cues because now, as you start to act and you start to have an objective, you can see if their behavior is changing. You can see if their thinking is changing by the way they're talking, the way they're responding. You know, you can see if their feelings are changing. This is change. You're causing an impact in the world. All of a sudden, the performance like comes right to life. Things start happening. They, they start having emotional responses. It's all, you know, it's like Meisner, right? It's the same idea, right? It's like this reacting and responding to things that are happening in front of you because you're paying attention outward and i think purpose is very much like this you know See, we talk about it in acting we talk about it like what's the objective this is something you do in acting school you go what's the character's objective but it's like really what are you saying you're saying in a sense what's their purpose in the scene what are they trying to do you know and i think you can go into a bunch of different things you can talk about tactics you can talk about all these other things but at the end of the day you're there for a reason. And 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 um in this particular scene, the, the actor identified, well, at the beginning of this scene, they're they're hopeless. And I want to give them hope. And I want to give them optimism and I want to give them belief that, you know, this is possible. Because basically they're talking about somebody that they think's gonna die. And everybody thinks this person's gonna die, and they think they're not gonna make it. And the and the and he realized, okay, the job is here. I need to. I need to be strong for them and teach and show them and and inspire them and get them to believe that that he can live that this person in the hospital it is possible they you know and that they they don't have to be so hopeless they can have hope and by the end of the scene it creates this very moving experience and It's all kind of written into the context. Everything's kind of there. If you just look for it, it's very obvious. But the thing is, you have to be able to see that. And if you can see that as an actor and you can focus on putting your attention towards that, a lot of your acting takes care of itself. A lot of like what you're doing, what you're up to, how you're connecting with them, it all answers those questions. And that's what I think like purpose does for us in our lives. It answers questions to things that we find very complex. We don't know how to answer them. Like, what do I do right now? Well, what's your purpose? What, are you tr- what impact are you trying to create? What, what change are you trying to, Im- you know, make in the world? And so, you know, something I'm working on right now is like, okay, well, if I like, because I like coach and teach and do all that, but I think a lot of it comes back. I always think, well, you know, a lot of this just comes back to when I was 15 or 16 years old. And it's like, what would I teach and share and mentor and guide myself at that age? If I could come along right now and I could come back and I could be like a mentor, teacher, guide for myself at that age, what would I, what would I do? And how would I, you know, how would I help? And, and, you know, I, like, I would, I would try to encourage and inspire and, and get them to take action on the things that they care about and i would tell them that if they made a mistake that it's okay like what did you learn how to like how are we going to apply this to move it forward and like and also like one thing about filmmaking i'm just realizing this now as i'm speaking evan is filmmaking i think the reason why i liked it so much was it brought people together and i fucking love that i loved that because the first film i ever made I grabbed my friend's mom's camera and then got all my friends to come together to make a film. And we all fucking loved it. And everyone still talks about it to this day. And it's like, because everybody came together to do something that was cool and fun and we created it. And it was just imagination, just boom, like into reality. And to me, I want to give everybody that gift. I think that's why I'm always trying to teach people to make movies and write scripts and use story and whatever they're doing, even if it's in their marketing or their website or whatever they're doing. I'm always like, what's the narrative? What's the story? What are we bringing to life here? You know, and I I think part of it is that I get inspired by the creativity because I love bringing the internal world into manifesting it into the external. I think that's, I think I find great joy in that. But I also think there's something about this, which is like, because imagination and and that brings people together because people can get behind vision. So I think like the reason why I talk about vision so much on this podcast, I'm actually just realizing this now, is because vision is one way that I found how to get people to put aside all their bullshit and work together. And it didn't matter where they came from in the world, man. At one point with my project, we had 120 plus people working on the same project together who like we had people from all over, like, you know, and, and they were, they couldn't be much more different. Some of them, but we all worked together because we all had this common goal and we all were just trying to make it. And we're, and we're making this independent project and everybody believed in it. And I fucking love that. And so like, I think, what I was not seeing at the time was the the true purpose was the fact that everybody could come together and make something. And also there was this other th- kind of um thing and I didn't give it as much attention when I was younger, but I would tell myself today, give this more attention. I wanted to inspire everybody to make their own films. I wanted everybody to go and like, let's 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 make this, but let's keep making it. Like, let's just, what's your idea? What's your thought? You know, and I would have, like, a PA, which is, by the way, somebody who's, like, you know, just the littlest person on set, right, in positionally. And I and I would say, you know, they, I'd say, come to me. Tell me your idea. If you have an idea, if you see something, you know, I'll hear it out. I might not use it, but I'll hear it out. And people felt like they contributed. They felt like they were a part of it. Because everybody was. And... And they didn't just do it because, oh, I know I want to make it, like, I want to make a good end with Brandon or the guys or whatever who are running this. They did it because they really thought, hey, like, what if we did this? It was a great idea. Let's fucking do that. You know, people care. And, and uh, yeah, so it really is. It's like, I think I'm talking about the spinning plates earlier, right? The spinning plates were all about me. I needed to have the good girlfriend. I needed to have the money. I needed to have the success, the recognition. And I was spinning those plates. And that was the ego and that was the false sense of purpose. None of that was real. It was like the actor who was talking about, I want to feel this way. I, I'm doing the scene because I want to feel this way. That's all bullshit. You will feel a certain way if you start to give and you start to contribute, but it's not what it's about. And I, I understand how we get confused now. Like we get confused because we, we like that feeling and we want more of that feeling. So we're like, yeah, it's about that feeling. It's not really about that feeling. That feeling's actually a byproduct of purpose. Purpose gives you that feeling. But if you start pursuing that feeling, the feeling escapes you. The the plates come down and they crash and you actually have to go back to the purpose. So you know what I would tell myself now is I'm thinking about it at 30 when I was kind of going through that, I would have said, stop focusing on you and how you feel. Start focusing on what you're trying to do here in the world. Because yeah, some things are falling apart in your life, but that actually doesn't take away from what you're trying to do. That actually is going to add to what you're doing. Because some of those people who you're working with maybe aren't the right people to be working with. And maybe they're there for the wrong reasons. And maybe you you brought them into your life for the wrong reasons. Because maybe they give you something that you think feels good, like some kind of feeling of love or acceptance that you're actually looking for. And you don't need that from them. Focus on the purpose, focus on what you're building on what you're creating. And I could have saved myself a whole lot of fucking heartache, (laughs) you know, but I'm seeing that now because I think this is the thing about purpose. Right. And I'm like, whatever, man, I fucking, if I find purpose now in my life and it took me this long, so be it. I mean, cause the alternative is I could go through my whole life and never pursue purpose. And I don't even know what that life looks like, you know, but yeah, this is, you know, I'm starting to realize, yeah, it, it it's, it's so much like acting though, man, get the attention off yourself and put it outward. What are you doing? What are you trying to move and create out here?
1: Mm-hmm. And with, even with other art forms too, it's, it's what little I know of, of, cause I'm not super intimate with a lot of other art forms, but music would probably be, be the next one. And it's. You know, so you have to listen to where the music is taking you, right? It's not just like, I don't really give a shit how, how gnarly and technical of a guitar solo that you can do. If it's just sort of standing out on its own, it's not really with the rest of the, of the music. It's not right for the rest of the music, you know, like there's, and, and even when you're, when you're just playing, lead in in the guitar world right it's 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 like it's not just about all kinds of technical tricks that you can do it's it's about the music like it's about that connection from one note to the next note and the story that that tells the feeling that that carries with it and whether you're really connected to it like it's it's you know, that's really where, where you go into the realm of art, be, uh, where it goes beyond just being a technician, and you go into the realm of, of art, is that it? it steps into a different place. The attention is placed elsewhere. The attention isn't on the technique of it. The attention isn't on the egotism of what I can do. The attention is 100% completely on the thing that is being done and what is right for that thing, how you fit with that thing. I remember I actually, this, I'm remembering years and years ago, I used to get season tickets to the Vancouver Playhouse. And this one, one season, they put on this play called Dangerous Corner and i can't remember who the writer was an english writer and i was i was just blown away by this this story and the actors just i thought were were phenomenal and i used to go on nights where it was because it was like a student thing and so they would do a talk back the, uh, most of the actors would usually all come out at the end and they would answer questions and things and it was kind of an ensemble piece right? There was like, you know, eight people who were like on stage pretty much all the time, like throughout the whole thing. Cause it all occurs in one location. So everyone's just kind of hanging around in the same place. And I was just like, Whoa. And I said, how do you, like, how, how do you, how do you sort of perform in that when there's all of these where there's all of these people going on, because in my mind, I was still this acting student who was thinking about stuff like, how do you know how to play your objective here when there's so many people that are going on? You know, my mind on the technique, right? Yeah. And and the actress who who answered the question, she just said, well, you know, she gave some practical advice, but the thing I really remember about it is she said, she said, well, she's like, I was like, I just need to know how I fit with everyone else. And she's like, once I know how I fit and with everyone else, then I kind of know who the hot person is every moment in the scene for me. Right. Cause it, it cause it moves around and I was like, oh wow, that's so, so great. But it's like, I think that again, that's part of coming back to this quote. It's like, hey, it's that fit. How do you fit with the rest of us? How do you fit? And that doesn't mean that that absolutely 100% does not mean conforming or just doing what other people want you to do. Not in the slightest. It's still very much about understanding what those gifts are that you have, what that passion is. That you have and how is that something that helps other people you know how can you you give that to other people and and i can't i I think it was i don't know if it was parker palmer who actually said this or not but another great quote said your your purpose is where your great passion meets the world's great need. Something like that. I've gotten a few words wrong there, but something along those lines. And it's again, pointing to this thing of like, it's relational. It's always relational. You know, like the world can't tell you what it is, but the world will tell you what it is. Mm -hmm. You know, like it's, it's, it's a bit of a, it's a bit of a, paradox i guess is it a paradox or it's like it seems it seems contradictory but it's like you know the world can't tell you what it is you only you can know what it is but at the same time it is your engagement uh and and relationship with the world that is still in some way going to tell you what the meaning of your life is
0: it's something that I'm kind of realizing is that it's, it's how we make sense of the world that we find purpose because, you know, and I don't, I don't always think we're in a place in our lives where we can really see our purpose because I mean, maybe we can, but a lot of it comes down to like, what's you, what do you believe? Like, what do you think matters? You know, and, and where do you like, where do you, like, what do you think life is? You know, like, I think you have to answer some of these questions because like, if you think life is just, you live and then you die and like nothing matters and it's all nihilism and, and whatever. I mean, I, I, I don't think nihilists live joyful, happy lives for the, I think that they live very satiated lives, but I think they're doomed. I think they they they, and I think we have plenty of evidence of that that nihilism is a temporary belief system that we sometimes adopt to navigate through the nothingness of not having anything to connect to at all. And I I think it's an okay place to visit every now and then just to check it out and see what it's like. Like, how's this party? But like, I don't think you should hang out there too long. You know, like I, I think um, ultimately the consequences of it catch up. It's, it's, it's a crack den of a party. It's, it's the worst place you can be. It's like, it's a nightmare, you know? And, uh, I think ultimately even nihilists who even say they're nihilists, ultimately, if you listen to them talk long enough, you realize they're not nihilists at all. Even if they identify as that, because at some point you find meaning and purpose and connection in something. And, you know, something that used to drive me when I was younger is to think, well, you know, when you get older, I think you should be able to tell a bunch of good memories of your life. I think that's really important. And, and you know, whether that's true or not, I don't know. I mean, that was just something, it was a belief I clung on to and hung on to for a while. But what it did was it caused me to do some pretty cool things. I have lots to talk about. I have many stories to share because part of my youth was like, well, let's just fucking go for it. Because like, At the very least, this will be a story to tell one day. So let's try it. Let's, let's, you know, let's dare it. Let's do it. And uh, it led to some pretty cool things, you know? And I don't think that that's the end all be all answer by any means, but I do think it helped me to start to find more answers. And I think a lot of purpose is about, you know, is about that. The other thing too is like, you know, and, and like, I'm not saying that I have the way, I just have my way, but I think people expressing their vision like this in incredible imagination and these ideas they have in their head and to be able to bring that into reality in some form i found that movies are a cool way to do it but i mean if you wanted to like build architecture i suppose that could be a way or you want to play music maybe like paint something i don't know dance it out whatever but the fact that you could bring something inside of you and then show us in the world to me that's such a fucking magical thing i'm just like life has to be something about that to me at least so there's something in that so this is part of my belief system so have memories when you're older to talk about uh something inside of you needs to come out and be shared with the world that's an important part of this process um i'd rather be fucking happy and joyful and and fulfilled and and feel love than to not feel any of those things so that definitely let's throw that in the fucking pot of the stew right so it's like then you start to have some fucking ingredients to work with then you can start to figure out, well, what do I want to do with that shit? And it's like, well, I'll make some films. You know what? I'll teach people how to make some films. And you know what? Actually, sometimes it's not just about making the film. It's actually about writing the script. So let's write the script. And you know what? It is pretty fun to fucking act and play the part. So let's try that too. And then some of the stuff you find, you try it out and it's not really for you, but you, it's not that you didn't enjoy it, but it might not be the thing you really like to do. And I think this is where a lot of us find our art, you know? And so for the artists out there that are lacking purpose, like it's just your form of expression. So if you're an actor and that's what you love to do, don't look at it as purposeless. It's fucking so purposeful because that's what you love to do. So if you love to do it that way, and that's what's going to bring your internal world out to this world, I would say, fucking A, go do more of that. And, And actually, not only is it vitally important to the world and to your life, but it is your, it is something inside of you needs to come out. And if that's the best way you have to do it, then do it that way. And if you find a better way along the way, then go and do it that way. But whatever, you know, um, you know, Evan, this has been such great talk and I don't know if you have anything to add to it, but I'm, I'm thinking we are getting to that witching hour. So maybe (laughs) maybe we're out this up. This has been fun though. But you know what I think the thing is, is like, I do think purpose goes through stages of evolution and maturity. And, you know, there is a relationship, as you mentioned to it, where both the internal our experience matters and what we're doing in the external matters. But I don't think it's always just one or the other. I don't think we should look at it as black and white. I think both matter because I don't think you should just be out there. I'm just going to give and give and give and give and not get anything back because I think there is a give and take about this. No one's expecting you to go out in the world and just give up everything in, your, in yourself and just suffer your whole life to give everyone else something. Like, it, like I think if we love you, which ultimately we do, you know, and I'm talking about all of humanity, like really people love you because when they see themselves in you, they love you and they love, you know, this is whatever. But the point is, is that you need, I want you to be happy too. And if you can bring me happiness and joy and purpose, then that's fucking amazing. Like I'm definitely gonna wanna be around you more, but I also wanna give you the same thing. And I don't think that you should be ashamed to ask for that, but also I think you'll sour our relationship if you make it all about what you get and nothing about what you give. But I also think you can do the same by just making it all about what you give and not what you can get too, because I think some of it's for you. I think this is a pie that we all wanna share. I think it's something... You know we're at the birthday party. I want to give you a slice of my birthday cake. I don't want to eat the whole thing myself you're here to you're here to have a slice with me. You know what I'm saying, so I think like there's an element to you know uh why are we all here matters just as much as like why am I here and not too much one or the other, but they all add up so anyway, here's the beer, <laughs> the beer. <laughs> okay this is uh bowen Island uh Brewing Company. It's called the Coastline Pale ale. I like it because it's cheap. (laughs) It's a very inexpensive beer, surprisingly. So I picked this up for, which feels like nothing. Um, But it's been a pretty solid pale ale. It's been pretty good. It's, uh, I've been enjoying it. I don't know. I mean, um, it's nice. You know, it's nice when people just knock out a nice, cheap, solid beer. So I'm happy about that. And I don't think it tastes cheap, but it was cheap and, and I've, appreciate that and i share that with the world
1: bowen island is uh brewing company they've they've got a long tradition of of good solid local cheap beer (laughs) and it's good it's got like it's 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 definitely more of a mouthful for a pale ale than you might expect but you know there's lots of i'm just like looking at it and like they got lots of uh they got lots of hops action in on this one where did i just see that it was like they got a ton of hops in this in this bad boy. Like hops: Galena, Nugget, Willamette, Apollo, and Cascade. It's out of control. Uh, <laughs> so hey, man, you get you get your you're getting your hops worth. Yeah, that's for sure. So all right, let's let's wrap this one. The hour is getting the hour is getting late you know, I'll just, from what you were saying and, and just reflecting back on this conversation inspired by Victor Frankl, thank you for being with us this evening, sir, to inspire this conversation. And, you know, it's, it's really, I'm coming back to this word of, you know, yeah, these words, relationship and intimacy seem to be really big words for me in, in this conversation where. Yeah, meaning is is in so many ways, it's like, it's our relationship to everything all bottled up in meaning, right? Our relationship to ourselves, our relationship to the world, our relationship to others, you know, and everything that's in between all of those things, which is just probably incalcula- incalculable, incalculable? that the right word (laughs) incalculable it's it's probably impossible for us to fathom necessarily all of those things but it's about our relationship to everything and what and how do we want those relationships to be and that it's not just again it's not just about ourselves it's it's about our connection to to everyone and everything else and and i mean there's you know victor frankel was a psychotherapist i mean he, i you know he wrote a book he's he's an artist in his own right but you know he isn't explicitly what you would consider an artist but you know he's talking very deeply about what artists are artists do you know, what, what an artist is engaged with. And it's, and it's very much entrenched in these things about, about meaning and about purpose and about that connection, right? It's not just about the artist, you know, doing, you know, I really do. I think that there's, we've glorified too much in our culture, and our society about just being a, you know, this whole thing of like, I don't need anybody kind of standalone, you know, types of, of people is, is, it's just like the self-empowerment thing. And it's just like, Hey, don't get me wrong. Like there's like being, being empowered, you know, is great. But when it's not, it's when it's not connected to, to the world in, in a meaningful way, you know that that that's truly in some ways is is about something more than yourself then it's just like i th- i think that it's really can get really ugly and and there's there's a lot of that going on and it's like we need to to remember that like hey it's not just about us and in fact life's a hell of a lot better if it's not just about you right? If it's not just about me, but if it's about us all together and, and putting our attention maybe a little bit off of ourselves is probably a good thing.
0: Yeah. You know, uh, I, I went on my whole thing about, you know, like have your piece of cake too. I think, I do think that's important. And I, I don't necessarily think that's what this conversation is about, but I do think it's necessarily to mention. I do think that, you know, part of, it's okay to be motivated because you like something and you enjoy it and, you know, and, and maybe you love it or whatever. It feels good or it's fun. I do think that there's an element of, I like it. That's why I do it. I, I, and, I and sometimes I think at least temporarily, that's enough. I think especially in the early stages of something, I don't know why I'm doing it. I just like it. It's fun. I like it. It's cool. You know, and and I just, I think about it and I'm passionate about it and whatever. And you have these great feelings towards something. I think initially all of that is great to get you started with something, but eventually something is going to have to fill the space that that does not fill. Because like you said, novelty, you know, I think novelty initially, we just like it, it feels good and we enjoy it, but novelty wears off eventually, and when it wears off, then we're faced with the reality of actual purpose, and that becomes more about what are we doing out here and for whom and for what and all of that. Um, one thing I would say too is like I don't think we're here to help everybody. I don't think you're here to save the world in the sense that you might save the world, but you won't do it because you're trying to i I, I would say that you're here to help maybe one person, maybe a group of people, but it's very small part that you're, you're here to do. And that group may help more people. And that will be your legacy. But I think if you go out to try and please everybody and help the whole world, you are, for lack of a better word, you're fucked. I I just don't think it's going to work out for you. Uh, I think you need to help the specific person or group of people or whatever that you can help. And that will do what's necessary. That is your your work and your work will have legacy and will expand beyond you. And you need to have faith and trust in that. And, and also it helps you, you don't have to take on so much because I think if you take on too much, I don't think you'll do anything at all. And, um, you know, when they say in marketing, you know, that you should be talking to one to three people, specific people, and you should know what they're like, you know, so really there's, you know there's a kind of person and i think you should kind of identify that kind of person you're trying to help and you you're going to help them and everyone like them and anyone who's not like them don't don't try and help them D- not that you help them if you can but don't like try to be like i'm going to help them too because you'll dilute the message to the people that you actually need to help and You know, if you want to have a successful business or you want to like, you know, like, like, I don't know everything about, about it, but you know, one thing I am good at is sales. And one thing about sales is that you can sell. If you're talking to the right person, you can like, you can sell to anybody. If you're talking to the wrong person. And um, I'm talking to the wrong person. What I'm saying is somebody that doesn't want what you have. You have to be sleazy. You have to do all this bullshit. And that's what people, when they hear sales, they don't want to do sales. It's like, yeah, because you're trying to sell to someone that doesn't want what you are offering. So trying to sell them, either you're going to sell them and you're going to sell them something they don't want or need or whatever, and you're convinced they do and they're, and they, they're not. But if you, if someone is looking for something and you happen to have it, nothing feels better than, yes, let me share with you what I have, seeing that you want it and need it. And I can help you. Let me help you. That feels great. Whereas someone's like, I don't really know if I want or need that. You're like, you need it. I'm telling you. It's like, well, what the fuck? You know, you're trying to jam it down their throat now. And, um, you know, but there are people that need you. This is my point. This let me bring it all back around your purpose is needed by certain people, but not by everybody. So if you find the people that it's needed for, you're going to find great connection to the purpose. If you keep trying to give your purpose to people that don't really need it, you might think that your purpose is meaningless. It doesn't matter, but it's just like, no, you're just trying to give it to the people that don't actually need what you're offering. Um, An example, maybe a silly example, but like the most simplest one I can think of is that if you're in the desert and you have no water and I have water, then I'm a pretty good ally and good friend right now for you. But if you're in the, if we're in the middle of an oasis and I'm trying to sell you water, it's like, you don't need my water. Got, getting, getting, get it anywhere. It just this doesn't matter. Right. So I'm not really helping you. I'm not giving you something you don't have. So um, when you look at purpose, you know, also look at where's the best place to give it to whom to give it to, to what to give it to and i think that's a big part of this whole thing we're talking about as well it's and and sometimes that might help you figure out where you're meant to be in this world and what you're meant to do because i think sometimes we go well, i don't know where i want to be or what i want to do or you know you're, those types of questions start to get answered when you start to figure out who would i be good at helping and then you can put yourself in that environment and um one more analogy kind of like a plant in a garden or something you, you need the right things to survive and, and not only to survive, but to flourish. And if we put you, if you're a plant that needs an abundance of water and we put you in the desert, you might die, right? Just like if you're a cacti and we put you in like this oasis, like wetlands, you probably die because it's not your environment. It's not the right place for you to thrive and survive. You're not, you're not, it's not where you will flourish. And so you need to identify, Hey, this environment might be good for other people. Isn't good for me, or this environment isn't good for everyone else, but Hey, I love being here. This is great for me. So, so that's where you're needed. Right. And maybe that helps. I don't know, but this is something I'm working out. Evan's working out and uh, thanks for being here.
1: Thank you for listening in on our conversation today. We hope you found something helpful that you can carry forward with you. Head over to our website, wayoftheartist.com, for more free exclusive material and learn about the show. If you haven't already, please support us by subscribing to the show, sharing it with people you know, and keeping compassionate,
0: creative conversation going.